Hello, and welcome to Unit 19 of Latin II from the Church of St. Agnes. Today we are going to learn our final declension of nouns, plus a few other odds and ends that are not too difficult concerning verbs and, uh, and nouns. So without further ado, let's take a look at our books on page 152 and following. Now, let's review quickly um, our declensions of nouns. So far, we have learned four declensions. The first declension, characterized by A, primarily feminine nouns, but with a few masculines. The second declension, characterized by O and U, uh, with uh, mostly masculine nouns, a subcategory of neuter and very few feminine nouns. The third declension, the consonant declension, with all genders, masculine, feminine, and neuter. The fourth declension, mirroring to a degree the second declension, mostly masculine, with a few feminine nouns. And now the fifth declension, which are primarily feminine nouns with a few masculines. The fifth declension, uh, endings, Remember, your general rule for all nouns is to go to the genitive case, drop the ending, and that's your stem, and to that you add your declensional endings. So you see your fifth declension noun endings on page 152. Let's say them together. Es, A-E-A-E-M-A. -E -E -E. Es, erum, ebus, es, ebus. So as you see, we had uh, certain uh, vowels that seemed to characterize the other declensions. E is certainly a characteristic uh, vowel that uh, characterizes the fifth declension. And um, if we want to decline a noun, we can pick the one that is probably the most common fifth declension noun, the word res rei, feminine, which means thing. It not only means thing, but it means, just like English thing, about a hundred different things. If you look it up in the unabridged Latin dictionary, you will find basically an entire column of definitions. So it's a very handy word, but it can also be a very frustrating one because you have to figure out in the context what exactly it means. Uh, but its base meaning, as it says there, is thing. Let's decline that noun. Res, res, rei, rei, rem, re. Res, rerum, rebus, res, rebus. So there you have it. Uh, these nouns aren't plentiful in Latin, but there are some very important ones uh, in ecclesiastic ecclesiastical Latin. Some of the most important are fides fidei, which is faith, and space spei, hope. So look out for those nouns; they will be very important, and um, but not very difficult here, as you can see in the fifth declension. Now. Here's an odd, an end uh, that uh, may have been uh, better presented to you when you learned the present tense of your verbs, but we can pick it up here, and that is uh, the imperatives or the commands, the forms of commands for Latin verbs. So you see on page 153, uh, if you want to make a direct command, you can do so in Latin, in the singular and in the plural 
Usually, we talk, and when we talk about commands, we're talking about second-person commands. You do something, or so on and so forth. Um, and in order to uh, form the commands, uh, they're quite the imperative. We call these imperatives in Latin. They're, they're quite simple to form. As a matter of fact, in the singular present active imperative, they basically look like the stem of the present verb. So take a look in the middle of your page there. Um, he gives you an example of uh, a verb from each conjugation. Laudo laudare means to praise. You drop the R-E. And what do you have? Lauda. So that's singular you. You singular. Praise. Lauda deum. Praise God. Okay. If we want to make it plural, we add a T-E to the end of that. Laudate, laudate dominum, praise the Lord, all of you, plural. Second conjugation, mone, moneo, mone, from moneo, monere, drop the R-E, we have mone, worn, plural, monete. Uh, third, he shows you duce, but there's an asterisk there, so forget that for just a second. Um, and uh, take a look at the third I-O verb, cape, from capio, cape, take, and capite, I-T-E, ducite, I-T-E. Notice in the plural, the stem vowel changes from an E to an I in the third conjugation. Ducite, all of you lead. Capite, take, all of you take. And the fourth conjugation, audio, audire, drop the R-E, and you have audi. Audi nos, hear us, Lord. Audi nos, domine, hear us, Lord. Audite, hear, plural. So, audi, singular, audite, plural. Um, you know these, you've seen them, I think you've heard them in songs and so forth. Venite, adoremos. Come, all of you, O come. Venite, adoremos, let us adore. Now, going back to that duce, take a look at that. He gives you a note and says there, number one, duce always occurs without the stem vowel in the singular, duke. Well, I'm going to tell you the four very common Latin verbs that are an exception to having that E ending in the singular. Duco, dico, faccio, and fero. One more time. Duco, to lead. Dico, to say. Faccio, to do and pharaoh, to carry or bear. We say this little rhyme in Latin, or in English about Latin. Duke, deek, foc, and fair. Should have had an E, but it's not there. <laughs> okay? So in the present singular second person imperative, those four verbs, duke, deek, foc, and fair, from duco, deco, Faccio and fero. Duke, dic, foc, fer. Should have had an E, but it's not there. In other words, the command for duco in the singular is duke, lead. To speak, dico, it's dic. To do is foc, F-A-C. And to carry, fer, not fere. All other regular verbs of the third declension. Like rego, regere, to rule. The command in the singular would be rege. But for those four verbs, 
Duco dico faccio and ferro. Duke dic fac fer should have had an e, but it's not there. In the plural, the plural imperatives are normal. Ducite, facite, uh, dicite, and ferite. So or ferite. So we'll learn that later. But actually, there you have it. So those are your present imperative actives. Now, for the present imperative passive of all four conjugations, he gives you the examples on page 154. And you'll notice that the singular imperatives look like the active infinitives of the verbs. Uh, that's enough to drive you crazy, of course. How do you know if it's an infinitive or it's an imperative? Well, you can only go by the context and the sentence. So, look at laudare means as a command to be, to be praised. Be praised. You, be praised. Singular. And in the plural, it looks like the second person plural of the present. Laudamini. That's the plural. You all be praised. Monere, singular. Be warned. Plural, monemini, all you, all you guys out there, be warned, and so on. Ducere, be led. Ducimini, be led, plural. Capere, be taken. Capimini, plural, be, all y'all be taken. Audire, be heard. Audimini, all y'all be heard. Now, these passive imperatives aren't really used very, very often in Latin, but you need to know them. You need to be aware of them out there, so just be on the watch for them. But the present active imperatives uh, that are given to you on page 153 are very uh, much used and very important, particularly in ecclesiastical Latin and in the Latin that we use during the Mass and for prayers because we're always invoking God to hear us or to be great, gracious to us and so on and so forth. So even in the Litany of Saints, Ora pro nobis, pray for us. Or if it's plural, orate pro nobis. Orate pro nobis, we say in the litany. All you saints, pray for us. We'll see a lot of that in our exercises, so it's not too big of a problem. Now another odd and end that we could have added back when we were presenting all of the uh, declensions of nouns is another case of the nouns in Latin. We normally teach you five cases, nominative, genitive, dative, accusative, and ablative. But there is a vocative case. The vocative case is the case of direct address. And it's when you want to address someone like, oh, dear Jesus, have mercy on me. Oh, God, help me, and so on and so forth. When we, when we make a direct address, the noun is put in the vocative case in Latin. Often in Latin, it will have an O with it, but not always. So be careful and watch for it. Now, the vocative is very simple. In all declensions, the vocative, both singular and plural, is identical with the nominative, except in the second declension, masculine nouns. There where we have a U.S. noun, the ending is E. So take a look at the examples in the middle of your page. You see uh, a feminine, third declension, 
O bona mater. Notice, mater looks just like the nominative, but we're saying, O good mother. Bona modifies it. It's a second, second declension, first declension adjective, and it's notice it's feminine, vocative. Looks just like the nominative. O felices reges. There you have two third declension. You have an adjective and a noun. Notice they look just like the plural nominatives, but it's evocative. You're addressing the cat happy kings. Oh, happy kings, please do this for us or something. But notice this next one, domine universi. We have domine from dominus, second declension noun ending in us. The vocative, the exception is that us noun will have its vocative in e. So domine Universi, Lord of the Universe. We could have said, oh, Domine Universi, oh, Lord of the Universe. And notice the next example, which gives you a second declension adjective and a second declension noun, both ending in U.S. in the nominative. Notice it's care apostole, dear apostle. Oh, dear apostle, oh, beloved apostle. <coughs> Excuse me. And notice the vocative ending is E there. Now, there are some exceptions to the vocative rule, and they, they really do center around that second declension, if you take a look. Second declension nouns of I-U-S drop the U-S ending and lengthen the I of the stem. So, for instance, the word filius, we say fili for the vocative, O son. We'll see an example of that. Second declension nouns in I-R and E-R use the nominative case. So, for instance, the word like o vir, o man, it's the same, o vir, or o puer, o boy, puer is the same. The vocative of meus, aum, is a little awkward because if you would follow the regular rule, it would be me, two e's, which don't really make much sense. So it either remains meus, but more often it turns to me, mi, me. And the words deus and anus are exceptions, they use the vocative. Mostly for uh, the case of deus, it would be de again, which is quite strange. So it remains the nominative, deus and anus. And the vocative of Jesus is Jesu, which is again uh, an exception. So those are the major exceptions. I wouldn't worry about necessarily memorizing or worrying too much about these exceptions. You'll see them, you'll, you'll recognize them in Latin, I think. Take a look at the examples. Jesu, fili patris, O Jesus, Son of the Father. Magister mi, O my teacher. You could say, Magister meus, O my master, O my teacher, yes. Deus meus, O my God. Uh, you'll see that very often in Ecclesiastical Latin. Deus meus, uh, Quare tristis in cedo deus meus. Why do I, do I proceed sadly, my God, in uh, Psalm 42? Agnus Dei, Lamb of God. There we have Agnus Dei, Quitola Pegata Mundi, right? So, Lamb of God, you who take away the sins of the world. Uh, Agnus, in the, in the nominative, but it's the same, the vocative, same as the nominative. So, don't worry too much about the, the vocatives. You'll be able to recognize them in Latin. Now, uh, in this chapter, Collins also uh, finally gives you the full conjugation, or I'm sorry, the full declension of personal pronouns. 
He's been giving you examples of them and putting them in parentheses and so forth. But now he's giving you the full conjug or full declensions of them. And um, it's good because now you can say uh, the various cases of I, we, you uh, in, in Latin, singular and plural. So take a look. Um, I'm sure you know some of these. Remember that in the nominative, you really don't need uh, a pronoun uh, to be expressed in Latin, a personal pronoun, because you know from the ending of the verb what the subject is. So a verb in the first person is going to be I, and you can add your ego for, uh, for emphasis or not. Uh, but in the other cases, we certainly need the, the various cases to form objects and so forth for the words me, we, us, you, uh, singular and plural. So take a look. The uh, declensions of them aren't very difficult. Um, they're somewhat irregular, uh, but they're not difficult. So in the first person singular, ego, mehi, mihi, me, me. Say it again, ego, mei, mihi, me, me. In the plural, we, nos, nostrum, nobis, nos, nobis. Now notice the genitive has two forms. I, I said nos, nostrum, nobis, nos, nobis. You can say nos, nostri, nostrum, nobis, nos, nobis. Nostri and nostrum are both genitive, and the distinction is pointed out to you in that little square box in the middle of the page. Nostri is used for the objective genitive. So, for instance, um, the, de, the delectio dei, the love of God, nostri, of us, okay? That's the of us, God's love of us, the, the objective genitive, as opposed to nostrum used for the partitive genitive, multi-nostrum, many of us. So you'll see both those forms, and that's a place where you'll, you're able to distinguish between the uh, objective genitive and the partitive genitive. So, one more time, ego mei, mihi mei, mei, I, of me, for me, me, from me, and so on. And uh, plural we, nos, nostri, nostrum, nobis, nos, nobis. We, of us, to or for us, us, from us, and so on. Then we have the second person pronouns, singular and plural, down at the bottom of the page. Tu, tui, tibi, te, te. So you see there's a, a, a kind of a pattern here from, uh, you see it in the first person too, ego, me, 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 me. Here we have the second person, tu, tui, tibi, te, te. And in the plural, vos, vestrum, or vestri, notice the E changes from an O there. And then vobis, vos, vobis. Okay, now we also know from, you know this from your being in church and so forth, that you can put in the ablative, instead of saying cum vobis, we say dominus vobiscum. And that cum becomes an enclitic and hooks on to the end of these pronouns. Dominus vobiscum means the Lord be with you all. If I say Dominus tecum, I'm speaking to one person. The Lord with you, singular. Uh, I can say Dominus nobiscum. The Lord is with us. Nobiscum. So when you use that cum, notice that it attaches to the end 
uh, of the pronoun and is used very much uh, like you're used to hearing it, Dominus Vobiscum, et cum spiritu, the Lord be with you and with your spirit. So, uh, those are your personal pronouns. And the final piece of grammar in this lesson is uh, found on page 156, and it's the so-called double accusative. Um, there are a few verbs in Latin, not many, but ones that normally mean something like ask or teach, and they te take a double accusative. That is, they take a, an accusative of the thing and an accusative of the person. And that'll become clear when you see the example there. Take a look at example under 105 there. Diaconos pueros evangelium docebat. Well, the diaconos, that's the subject, the deacon, docebat, was teaching or used to teach. Now, what did he teach? He taught the pueros. He taught the boys. But he taught, actually, the subject matter that he was teaching was the evangelium. Those verbs, like teaching and asking, often will take a double accusative. With other verbs, you would expect an accusative of the thing and perhaps an indirect object or a dative of the person affected. But with certain verbs, particularly the verb docio, to teach, you will see very often what we call a double accusative in Latin. Diaconos pueros evangelium docebat. The deacon was teaching or used to teach the boys the gospel. Or used to teach the gospel, we could say, to the boys. Uh, it, would be very, uh, it would be very acceptable in Latin to put pueros in the dative with certain other verbs in that kind of meaning of a sentence. But uh, just be aware that some of these verbs, like uh, those that mean uh, to teach, like docio, and others meaning ask, I ask you a question, uh, a double accusative, two accusatives. So that takes care, actually, of our, um, of our uh, grammatical lesson for this time. As I said, basically after the fifth declension nouns, um, catching up on some odds and ends of verbs and, and uh, pronouns. Let's just go back uh, and review what we did today then. Uh, we learned the fifth declension nouns, which are primarily feminine, and they're characterized by that E that is present in, uh, in all the cases. Uh, your endings there are presented for you as A-A-M-A, as erum abus, as abus, and I don't think that will be much of a problem for any of you. Uh, to memorize those endings and to recognize words in the fifth uh, declension. Then we talked about the imperative mood in Latin, imperatives or direct commands in Latin, second person commands, both singular and plural. And we said that uh, in the active, basically your singular command looks like the root or stem of the verb um, when you go to the second principal part and drop the RE from the infinitive, there you have it. In the plural, you basically have the stem plus the ending TE to make it plural, y'all, praise, or warn, or so on. In the third conjugation, in third IO, that E of the stem changes to an I in the plural. We had those four important words in Latin. Uh, the verbs duco, dico, faccio, and fero, and in their singular imperatives, remember the little ditty 
Duke, Deke, Fock, and Fair should have had an E, but it's not there, okay? That's important um, because those words are very common in their compounds, and when they have a singular imperative, they do not have the E like all the other regular verbs of the third conjugation. The present imperative passive, both singular and plural, is quite easy to form. The singular looks just like the infinitive, the active infinitive, would have looked like laudare, monere, ducere, capere, audire, and so on. And the plural, like the second person plural of the present form, laudamini, monemini, and so on. How do you know that they're not the infinitive or just the second person finite verb uh, in the present? Well, you have to figure it out by context of your sentence or paragraph. Okay, then we learned the nouns, the vocative case of nouns, and we said that the vocative or the noun, the case of direct address when you're addressing someone, oh, teacher, oh, Lord, oh, master, and so on, um, these look just like the nominative in all the, con all the declensions, except the second person nouns that end in U.S., and normally their vocatives end in E, domine. We know that one quite often. And then there are some exceptions that are given to you at the bottom of page 154, the most notable I-U-S nouns like filius, whose vocative just is simply the I, fili. Okay, then we, then we learned finally our uh, declension of our personal pronouns, first person and second person, singular and plural. Ego me, mihi me, me, nos nostrum, nobis, nos nobis, tu tui tibi te te, vos vestrum, vobis, vos vobis. Um, we noted that there are two genitives in the plural, one for an objective genitive, one for a partitive genitive, uh, that won't be hard for you to recognize or to see when you see them in Latin. Um, so that now you can say all of your personal pronouns, of first and second personal pronouns, in all of their cases. And you can use them accordingly. And then we had the uh, simple double accusative um, with uh, a very few uh, number of Latin verbs. So uh, the grammar in this particular uh, lesson, this unit, is not very difficult or complicated. It's catching up on some odds and ends. Um, when we move on uh, to the next chapter, uh, that's not the case because that one's chock full of very interesting and somewhat complex um, uh, grammatical concepts, but we won't get ahead of ourselves. Let's just worry about unit 19. So, um, for our homework, uh, I would like you this time to do the even-numbered exercises on page 159 and 160, the even-numbered sentences, okay? So, uh, two, four, six, and so on, and that will be your homework for unit 19. Now, remember, if you have any questions about the grammar of this unit, uh, if something is not clear to you after having read through it again and listening to this tape, please don't hesitate to drop me an email. And uh, in midweek, we'll post our exercise uh, audio going over those exercises to make sure you have them all in order before we go on. Um, that's our lesson for today. 
I hope it's been comprehensible for you. Uh, thank you for your attention. I look forward to talking to you again uh, in the middle of the week. Until that time, take care and have a great day. Bye-bye.